When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Samantha carefully led her guests through the Victorian mansion's winding halls. The sun was setting over San Jose, California. With each step the tour guide took, the house became darker and even more unsettling. Windows were hung every which way. Staircases led to ceilings. Doors opened to thin air. It wasn't an ordinary home. It was the Winchester Mystery House. The next stop on Samantha's tour was the Daisy Room, one of the 40 bedrooms. Its brightly colored wallpaper and stained glass windows had dulled over time, but it held an important history. Samantha explained that the house's owner, heiress Sarah Winchester, became trapped in the room during the earthquake of 1906. But mid-story, she was interrupted by a noise, a woman's sigh just outside the door. The tour guide excused herself to see who it might be. A lost guest, likely. It was easy to get lost in the labyrinth of rooms. At first, when she looked, no one was there. But when she turned down the hallway, she saw a dark and blurry figure staring back at her. As Samantha held her breath and inched closer, the figure came into focus. It appeared to be a short, petite woman clad in black. Samantha only blinked once before it turned, shot around the corner, and disappeared from sight. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Unexplained Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. 
At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. This is our final episode on the Winchester Mystery House, a Victorian mansion built by Sarah Winchester at the end of the 1800s. The heiress to the Winchester rifle fortune, Sarah's design choices and reclusive nature gave rise to a vast number of rumors. Rumors about what really happened inside the mystery house and inside her mind. Last week, we examined the details of Sarah Winchester's tragic life. After losing her one-month-old daughter, Sarah lost her parents and husband a few years later. But we also took a look at some of the peculiar elements of the mystery house itself. This week, we'll look at some of the mysteries that still surround the Winchester Mansion. It may be possible that the building actually is haunted, perhaps by Sarah Winchester herself. Or perhaps the heiress actually was suffering from a mental illness that caused her to build the disorienting estate. Maybe Sarah Winchester knew what she was doing all along, and the house was her magnum opus, paying homage to a secret society she had recently become a part of. The giant Victorian mansion now sits just off the highway in San Jose, surrounded by commercial businesses and chain retail stores. From the outside, it appears mystifying, but by no means menacing. When the sun sets, the Winchester Mystery House takes on a whole new vibe. Its sharp and uneven trim casts alarming shadows on the ground below. Some believe they catch motion behind the mismatched windows. The home can play tricks on a spectator's eyes, convincing them that someone is watching from inside. Which is maybe why some refer to the mansion today as the house built by ghosts. Which brings us to our first theory, that the Winchester Mansion may actually be haunted. The rumors claim that after the death of her husband, Sarah Winchester paid a visit to a medium. This spiritualist relayed a message to Sarah from her late husband, encouraging her to move out west. She needed to build a large home that could house the spirits of those who died from the Winchester repeating rifle. And if she stopped building, she too would die. But it wasn't just Sarah Winchester who was supposedly being tormented by haunting apparitions. Today, Tour guides, groundskeepers, and visitors alike have reported strange occurrences which have become commonplace at the Winchester Mansion. After Sarah Winchester's death in 1922, her home was auctioned and sold to the Brown family, who were among the first to actually report any ghostly encounters. Things like disembodied footsteps, doorknobs that turn by themselves, chandeliers that swing for no reason— Icy chills and even spectral forms appearing before people's eyes. Many claim that Mrs. Winchester was haunted by ghosts killed by her husband's rifles, but there has never been any evidence or even anecdotes to support that this was the case. But people have reported seeing past employees of Lady Winchester and possibly even the heiress herself. For example, there have been multiple experiences recorded in the Hall of Fires, 
a long corridor that was actually home to three small spaces, once separated by a variety of curtains. There were four fireplaces within the hall, and it's said that Sarah used to shut all the doors off the hallway and light each fireplace. This created her own indoor sauna, where Sarah would rest for hours while soothing her chronic arthritis. One morning, sometime after Sarah Winchester's death and before the mansion opened for tours, a maintenance worker was reportedly up on a ladder making a repair in the Hall of Fires. Suddenly, he felt a tap on his shoulder. When he looked around, no one was close by. He assumed it was his mind playing tricks on him. That's when he felt a hand push hard against his back, nearly throwing him off the ladder. He glanced again and saw no one. He scrambled down the ladder, collected his tools, fled from the hall, and refused to return to the hall for more work. Today, old photos of past workers are framed and displayed inside the mansion. One photo displays a group of contractors who worked on the home during the late 1800s and early 1900s. Some current employees at the home believe they've actually seen the ghost of one of these men known as Clyde. Allegedly, Clyde still roams the grounds of the home. He's often spotted after dark, working on the old coal chute down in the mansion's basement, a fixture which has long been rendered useless in the home. The apparition acknowledges passers-by with a slight tip of the hat and a friendly smile, which may be the creepiest part of all. One of the most haunted rooms in the house is said to be the Grand Ballroom. Its gold chandelier has been seen swinging without any human interference or breeze, and its broken organ can occasionally be heard playing in the middle of the night. People also report seeing a male worker with black hair, often pushing a wheelbarrow or working on the fireplace here in the Grand Ballroom. Many of these stories are vague, often told by the workers who occupy the grounds today, like the young tour guide Samantha, who had a run-in with the most famous ghost, Lady Winchester, near the Daisy Room. But is it possible that the Winchester home could actually be a hotbed for spiritual activity? While Sarah Winchester herself never reported being haunted by ghosts, it did become a huge part of her legacy— And it remains the biggest draw for guests visiting her mansion today. The truth is, people have been searching for ways to see or communicate with the dead for ages. In fact, during the height of Victorian England, it became rather fashionable for upper-class women to hold seances and connect with other realms. The mid-1800s also paved the way for ghost clubs started by Charles Dickens as a way to research paranormal and psychic phenomena. Unfortunately, over the years we've made hardly any progress in discovering concrete ways to prove whether or not a spirit realm actually exists. And locations like the Winchester House make these strange occurrences even harder to explain. People like Richard Weissman, a professor of public understanding of psychology in the UK, have spent countless hours and research looking into these haunted locations. Weissman found that people do report more unusual experiences in places that are already known to have supernatural phenomena. 
In a 2002 study from the University of Hertfordshire, researchers found that visitors who toured a supposed haunted location in Britain actually reported more activity than those who had no idea that the place might be haunted. Perhaps this is the reason why so many people experience strange activity at the Winchester House, simply because they've heard about it happening before. Well, Weissman set out to find more rational reasoning behind these harder-to-explain paranormal experiences. In the early 2000s, he put together a research team to investigate. They used instruments to measure light, heat, sound waves, and magnetic fields in order to explain exactly what might be happening at places like the Winchester Mystery House. At many of these locations, they detected stronger magnetic fields, which may be a result of electronic equipment in the area like power lines, or natural geological formations that can alter Earth's natural magnetic field. Sometimes these magnetic fields can cause hallucinations or other strange reactions. For example, electrical stimulation to the angular gyrus. This is a part of the brain which helps with spatial cognition and may trick someone into thinking there's somebody behind them. It's possible that this could have been exactly what happened to the worker who was pushed in the Hall of Fires. Cold spots are another common phenomenon seen in ghost sightings. When modern-day ghost hunters, the Boxleitner brothers, spent the night at the Winchester house, they experienced a strange cold draft. They believed it could have been a sign of spirits. But oftentimes, this sensation can be pointed back to an open window or a quick drop in a location's humidity. So, yes... There are simple explanations to some of these ghost sightings, such as hallucinations, shadows, and unidentifiable noises. But some experiences are harder to pinpoint, especially those in the Winchester house specifically. Swinging chandeliers, turning doorknobs, ghostly sighs. Much of which can be categorized as poltergeist or physical paranormal activity in the Winchester home. This type of phenomena makes the ghost theory even harder to debunk. Even the great Houdini, who set out to prove that spirits didn't exist, was spooked by something in the Winchester Mystery House. So, is the Winchester Mystery House haunted after all? Was Sarah Winchester actually being tormented by ghosts night after night? Ghosts that still roam those halls today? Sarah herself never admitted to being haunted by ghostly apparitions, and family friends of Mrs. Winchester, like the Carrolls, were actually disturbed to find her home turned into a haunted tourist attraction. The Carrolls assumed that this was the result of cruel rumors and that didn't reflect the truth about Sarah's life. Was there motivation for the ghosts of those killed by the Winchester rifle to haunt Sarah Winchester? Of course. But other members of the Winchester family didn't seem to be bothered by spirits looking for revenge. Chances were the Browns wanted to make a cash cow out of the home's ugly rumors and hoped to create their own haunted mansion. After all, Mr. Brown was a theme park and roller coaster designer. Entertainment and amusement was his sport by trade. Then there's Mary Jo Ignafo author of Sarah's biography, Captive of the Labyrinth, who suggests that Sarah may never have even met with a medium at all. 
Ignafo claims that the Boston medium went by the name Adam Coons. But after trying to corroborate this story with a registry of Boston spiritualists from that time, she found that there were no records of anyone by that name. It's possible that there was an error in recording the names, but it's just as likely Sarah Winchester's entire backstory was made up. Perhaps she never made an effort to contact her dead husband, nor did she build the house to appease vengeful spirits of another realm. But if the Winchester Mystery House was not haunted during Lady Winchester's occupancy, then why did the woman build such an over-embellished, puzzling estate? Could it be that years of endless family tragedies finally caused something to snap inside the mind of Sarah Winchester? Perhaps her mansion was just a manifestation of a troubled mind. Coming up, we'll explore whether or not Sarah Winchester's mental health could have been the foundation for the Winchester Mystery House. Now, back to the story. In her lifetime, Sarah Winchester created one of the most unique and bizarre houses the world has ever seen, but she never told anyone why. In her death, we're left guessing. For decades, speculation and rumors have been filled with curses, spirits, and ghosts. Some have even claimed to see the hauntings for themselves. Others have searched for a more rational explanation. They attributed the home to a perpetual manic episode tied to guilt. It's unclear how many people died after being shot by the Winchester rifle, but the number had to be well over five figures by the time William Winchester died in 1881. By then, the company was worth over $40 million. Violence made Sarah Winchester rich and left many wondering if it also made her go mad. Sarah's biographer, Mary Jo Ignafo, claims that Sarah never expressed any remorse or guilt over the matter. She certainly had no qualms with collecting dividends from her shares of the company, which she did up until the day she died. So if it wasn't ghosts or guilt plaguing the woman's home in mind, then perhaps Sarah was dealing with a different kind of trauma, one that the home actually provided comfort for. And this theory remains one of the bigger things historians have tried to uncover about Lady Winchester. If she could have been suffering from mental illness... It was no secret that Sarah was tormented by the loss of her infant daughter, followed by the death of her parents and husband in a short time. But up until 1922, the mental health movement was still underexplored. Terms like post-traumatic stress disorder weren't being used, or at least weren't a part of the conversation when it came to Sarah. When many people visit the mansion, they become mystified by its labyrinthian features, caring more about the house than the woman who built it, which is why few look for a deeper meaning behind the repeating detail of the number 13. Many chalk it up to mere superstition, like the 13 pane windows, the 13 step stairways, 13 bathrooms. Sarah's will was even divided into 13 parts, which she signed 13 times, and the list goes on. While Sarah never openly spoke about her obsession with the number, many speculated that she was overly superstitious. 
and her superstition could have been a symptom of an undiagnosed medical disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD. OCD occurs when someone suffers from unwanted and often unreasonable feelings, ideas, or sensations that manifest into compulsive behaviors. Oftentimes, those habits can look like superstitious behaviors. For example, someone who was afraid that their loved one might die could follow a strict routine of events, like turning on every light in a room or checking the oven repeatedly, all in an effort to prevent that death from happening. More or less, it's a way for the subject to feel like they have control over an outcome. Those diagnosed with OCD typically entertain these thoughts and behaviors to a point where it may control their life. Symptoms of OCD can also occur after severe trauma, like the death of a loved one. This is why obsessive-compulsive disorder is now often diagnosed in conjunction with post-traumatic stress disorder, which is when depression or anxiety arises after a traumatic event. We also know for a fact that Sarah Winchester suffered from an autoimmune disorder called rheumatoid arthritis. This caused inflammation in Sarah's joints, mainly her feet and hands, which became misshapen as a result. But rheumatoid arthritis can also cause inflammation in the brain. And in 2013, Dr. Jeffrey Meyer at the Center for Mental Health in Toronto found that the brain regions associated with obsessive-compulsive disorder had 32% more inflammation than people who did not have OCD, meaning inflammatory autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis could be linked to OCD. Now, keep in mind, we are not qualified to diagnose anyone here today. But we can provide you with the information we have about the late Sarah Winchester. For example, we know that Sarah was suffering deeply, not just from the loss of her daughter, but also her parents and husband. So it's possible that Sarah may have been dealing with something like PTSD. As a result, this may have caused Sarah to begin obsessively building her Winchester mystery home, perhaps as a way to temper her fearful thoughts about death, which manifested into obsessive-compulsive disorder. And maybe the number 13 is another superstitious habit in an attempt to control her surroundings. Even if Sarah did see a doctor, it was unlikely that they would diagnose her with this. It wasn't until the 20th century that Freud, along with French psychologist Pierre Janet, isolated OCD as its own condition and began diagnosing it in the way we see it today. But this would have been near the end of Sarah's life, and it's unlikely the ideology had spread before her death. So is it possible that Sarah's rheumatoid arthritis could have been linked to mental illness, one that doctors would have had a difficult time diagnosing? Sarah had suffered from a lifetime of trauma, having seen her infant daughter, her husband, and parents all die too soon. This is enough to give anyone a case of post-traumatic stress disorder. But the OCD could have also been combined with the inflammation in her brain from her rheumatoid arthritis. Either way, Sarah appeared to be showing signs of a disorder which manifested in a very expensive way the construction of the Winchester Mystery House. As a matter of fact, there have been dozens of iconic artists who may have suffered from mental illness and influenced their work. 
like the famed composer Ludwig van Beethoven and painter Vincent van Gogh, both of which display symptoms of bipolar disorder. Even the modern innovator Steve Jobs was thought to have obsessive-compulsive personality disorder, a more modern term for the condition. Like Jobs, Winchester showed an insatiable dedication to her project and would stop at nothing short of perfection. The problem with this theory is that Sarah Winchester never complained about her mental health, and doctors only knew of her rheumatoid arthritis. In 1911, Winchester's lawyer, Frank Lieb, wrote to the aging widow, saying, I am very glad to hear of your good health. In fact, I did not need to have you say so to know it was a fact, as it was apparent from the tone of cheerfulness in the letter itself. So it appeared as if, 11 years before her death, Sarah was still in good spirits, despite her arthritis. In fact, she may have been showing improvements, And what's ironic is that rumors of Winchester's failing mental health actually came when she decided to temporarily stop building her mansion after the 1906 earthquake. When the newspapers hit the shelves with headlines on the mysterious heiress, Sarah's staff was flooded with questions, specifically pertaining to the woman's mental health. But none of her employees ever spoke poorly of Sarah nor did they hint that she may have been suffering from some sort of mental instability. Instead, the consensus amongst the staff was that Sarah Winchester was a delightful woman. She was a generous boss who paid them high wages and kept them employed as long as possible. So perhaps the long-winded project wasn't as much for Sarah's mental well-being as it was for the employees who worked there. Her workers were said to come from all over the world, like Denmark, China, Ireland, even Japan. Maybe this was her way of giving back to the community and providing jobs for the immigrants living in San Jose. As for the number 13, a carpenter who claimed to work on the home, James Perkins, insisted that they were added well after Lady Winchester's death. Like the 13 chandeliers, the 13 bathrooms, windows, and ceiling panels. It's possible they were incorporated by the new owners as a way to play up the creepy mystery of the home, which actually goes hand-in-hand with the theory that the Browns were looking to exploit the home's ghost stories just to sell tickets to their new shiny attraction. So perhaps there's a third, less obvious reason for Sarah Winchester's incomprehensible Victorian mansion— one that wasn't as appealing to guests when it came to ticket sales. Sarah's trip to Europe may have been more influential than originally thought. In fact, some think that Sarah was not only influenced by art, architecture, and culture, but by one of the world's most famous secret societies, the Freemasons. And the Winchester Mystery House is a giant riddle protecting their dark and legendary secrets. Coming up, we'll take a closer look at what was happening in Sarah Winchester's head. Now, back to the story. Ever since Lady Winchester's death, there have been two sides to her mystery home story. If you're a believer in the paranormal, you might side with the fact that Sarah Winchester was haunted by ghosts, forced to build a giant mansion to confuse them all. And if you don't buy into the idea of a spirit realm, 
then maybe you're with the school of thought that says Sarah Winchester may have gone mad. But there was another explanation that didn't surface until the age of the Internet. Likely a theory that Sarah Winchester never expected us to discuss. That the Winchester Mystery House was a sign of Sarah's brilliance, her magnum opus, an homage to the people that influenced her life most. When Sarah Winchester was a little girl, her father, Leonard Pardee, was a well-respected carpenter in New Haven, Connecticut. He was well known for bringing the Victorian architectural influence to the region. And because he was ahead of the trends, Leonard made a nice living for his family. This caused Sarah to take a great interest in architecture herself, even at a very young age. And while Sarah never pursued it as a career, it was still a fulfilling hobby, an interest that she also went on to share with her husband, William. After the Winchester Repeating Rifle Company started to really take off, Sarah and William bought a mansion in New Haven in the 1880s. The home brought them together after the loss of their infant daughter, and the couple found solace in planning the design and construction of the home. So it shouldn't be a surprise that when Sarah Winchester purchased that eight-bedroom farmhouse that would one day go on to be the mystery house, she would find herself reliving those family memories. Except the mystery mansion may not have been just an homage to her late husband and father, but in fact a larger and more meaningful piece of art, one that took the work of an absolute genius. In 1881, shortly after the death of her husband, Sarah Winchester set sail for a three-year trip to Europe. While the trip was undocumented, some historians have speculated that her time abroad had a large impact on the architecture of the mansion. During her time in the UK, Sarah likely became acquainted with the Queen Anne revival style of architecture, which was essentially a form of English Baroque. The style, which was becoming very popular during her time overseas, may have influenced the home's hard features, like the pointed spires, shingles, decadent columns, and wraparound porch. It's also possible that Sarah was inspired by the aesthetic movement design in fine art. This style inspired the modernized method of creating art for art's sake and would help justify Sarah's desire to build the elaborate home. But this wasn't just an inspirational trip for interior and architectural design. It was also in France that Sarah Winchester may have gotten a life-changing invitation to join a secret society known as the Freemasons. According to the caretakers of the Winchester Mystery House, Sarah might have been inducted into Le Droit Human during her time abroad. This was a French co-ed chapter of the Freemason Society, which was hard to come by considering many chapters only allowed men. But Sarah Winchester had an impressive pedigree. She came from a well-respected upper-middle-class family, spoke four languages, and graduated Yale University, a college known for their connection to the Freemasons. Some have even suggested that her father may have been inducted into the society during her childhood, since he was a man of great affluence and wealth, very rooted in his community. This would make Sarah's membership even more likely. But the real evidence that Sarah may have joined the Le Droit Human can be found in the Winchester House itself. 
the signs begin before you even enter the property. The wrought iron entrance gates have a symbol on them, a daisy in the center of a large sun. This could represent the two necessary qualities of a Freemason initiate, innocence and fidelity. The sun symbol represents the senior deacon of a Masonic lodge, and it is the senior deacon who guides the initiates throughout their journey into becoming a member, just like Sarah Winchester's gates guide the guest towards a journey of their own. Once you pass through those gates, you'll notice the front of the house stands between two palm trees, allegedly meant to represent the twin pillars in front of Solomon's temple. Much of the Freemasons' symbolism and mythology dates back to the construction of this ancient biblical temple and honors the architects who built it. Continuing into the grand ballroom, you'll find it's the only room in the entire home built without nails. This odd and deliberate feature is another clear nod to Solomon's temple. But there's also the floor in the grand ballroom, which is decorated with light and dark squares, like the checkered flooring found in a Masonic lodge. Then you can walk up the switchback staircase, a winding set of gently sloping stairs that lead to the second floor. This staircase has a total of seven turns, which could be an allusion to Jacob's ladder, which has seven rungs, each one resembling a step closer to a higher power. This also happens to be a popular reference in Masonic culture, whose objective is total enlightenment. It was also rumored that Sarah required her guests to enter from the northwest corner of the house, and Masonic initiates were required to enter the lodge from the exact same direction. The home even pays homage to legendary artists who may have been Freemasons themselves. Like Dutch graphic artist M.C. Escher, who also found beauty in stairs that lead to nowhere. He often demonstrated them in his work, like the famed print, Relativity, a commentary on a world where the rules of gravity no longer apply, and one that looks a bit like a picture of the Winchester Mansion, with dozens of stairs to nowhere and windows that don't belong. Although Escher's career didn't start blossoming until the very end of Sarah Winchester's life, it's possible that she caught wind of the young artist and his vision through her connections with the Freemasons. While there's no proof he influenced her work, it's possible that if he visited the Winchester mansion, she influenced his. Then there's the iconic playwright William Shakespeare and English philosopher Francis Bacon. In one set of stained-glass windows, a winding banner reads, Wide unclasp the tables of their thought. Winding banners were commonly used by Bacon, while the words are undoubtedly Shakespeare. And it's not the only example. Another reads, These same thoughts people this little world. The disorienting choice of words was perhaps meant to drive away people whose minds couldn't conceive of these ideas. Sarah knew that many would shrug and move on, which is why the house was not designed with ordinary visitors in mind. The Winchester Mystery House, much like Francis Bacon's work, is said to be built in code. Bacon's works are often considered complex puzzles for later generations to crack and solve. Perhaps Sarah had the same intention for her home. 
It's also possible that Sarah took an interest in Francis Bacon because of their shared perspectives on the afterlife. Many believe that Bacon was also a Freemason, which would mean they both understood the Masonic philosophy, that the path to higher enlightenment was through a greater understanding of the arts, science, and math. Some believe that Sarah was even trying to achieve the concept of higher-dimensional geometry by making things appear in 4D throughout her home. Essentially, she was trying to build her own real-life version of M.C. Escher's staircase. Many scholars toward the end of the 19th century were playing with the concept of a fourth dimension in space and believed with the right combination of mathematics, this geometry could actually be achieved. It wasn't just art, it was science. And from the fourth dimension, the bizarre features of the house would work. The doors to nowhere would lead to rooms. The staircases to ceilings would take one to a hallway, and so on. So when we start to consider the fact that Sarah's house might not have been a response to ghosts or to mental illness, but instead to a deeper philosophy on life, the home actually begins to make sense. The symbolism, the bizarre references to art, its labyrinthian structure, all of it seems to add up. And perhaps Sarah Winchester's connection to the Freemasons and her attempts to reach a higher dimension actually gave her hope. Maybe it brought her solace, the idea that she would one day be reunited with the loved ones she lost. Walter Magnuson, the current general manager of the Winchester Mystery House, believes that there are still things in the house yet to be discovered. And maybe that's what Sarah Winchester planned. In fact, it's very possible that Sarah Winchester even played into the rumors of the home in order to keep the mystery alive. Michael Taff, head of the home's operations team, was quoted as saying, Without those tales, I don't think the house would be here. She would have been another wealthy landlord at that time, and the house would have been torn down. So perhaps Sarah Winchester got exactly what she wanted all along. The ghost stories and the harsh accusations all fed directly into the mystery that Sarah Winchester wished to keep alive long after her death and kept her work of art standing. So is the Winchester Mystery House haunted by the ghost of Sarah Winchester herself? Maybe. Was it possible the heiress was mentally ill? Well... Many great artists are. But is there still a puzzle just waiting to be solved in the halls of that labyrinthian Victorian mansion? I think without a doubt, we can say absolutely. And perhaps that puzzle will lead us to answers on some of life's greatest mysteries. Mysteries like the afterlife, the spirit realm, even higher dimensions. Perhaps mysteries that Sarah Winchester solved herself. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Thursday with a new episode. For more information on Sarah Winchester, amongst the many sources we used, we found Captive of the Labyrinth by Mary Jo Ignafo extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. 
Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Unexplained Mysteries for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Unexplained Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Lori Gottlieb, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. 